Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here as always. You guys in the mood for a feel-good show today? I am. It's cold out. It's kind of gray. There's a whole bunch of crap going on in the world. <laughs> True enough. It it may be a little bit chilly, but still a great day to take your dog for a walk. Indeed. Indeed. Um well, uh, we've got two great guests today. We're starting off with Virginia Piper, who has been here before. We were just talking about that um, several years ago, actually, now, I think. Um, and you are here, Virginia, today to tell us about Frankie's Friends, which is a uh, national organization that helps people pay for veterinary expenses for their pets. Um, so welcome back. First of all, it's great to see you. Oh, thanks for having me back, Julie. This is great. And, um, you know, this is a great, uh, we were talking about how there's so many uh, wonderful rescue organizations that are on that f- kind of first level of actually placing pets in good homes, um, especially in, in our great uh, region of Western Washington. Um, sure. But then there's a lot of situations where there's a, a pet in a, in a wonderful, loving home and then something happens and the animal needs a very expensive surgery, uh, whether it's a broken leg or, you know, hit by a car, Mm -hmm. something like that, or can't, you know, cancer, something like that. And the family is not able to afford or the individual is not able to afford the care. And then they are left to make a tough choice. Mm -hmm. And that's where you guys come in. That is exactly where we come in. Um, Frankie's Friends, as you touched on, is a national foundation, but we have chapters in 17 states. Very lucky that Washington is one of them. We're one of the very few organizations nationally doing what we do. But yeah, we're there. We want to be there for those families who, responsible pet owners facing like a life-altering care for their pet, and they just don't have the means to pay for it. So mm-hmm. um, our foundation works very hard to raise funds so we can be there for those families so they don't have to make that tough choice based on financial limitations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can appreciate that because... You know, healthcare is expensive, you know. Yeah. Um, I just had surgery a month ago, and I'm, you know, the lucky winner of, and I have, you know, great health insurance that I pay a lot for, which is an expense on its own. Um, and then, you know, the out-of-pocket maximum with a surgery, you're going to hit it, and now it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I now have several thousand more dollars in debt that I have to pay off. And, and, and uh, you know, medical care for our animals is is costly as well. And um, so you don't even need to necessarily be, um, you know, unemployed or in a terrible financial situation to actually feel, gosh, I don't know that if I can afford this. Exactly. Exactly. We see literally every day families having to face that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, their face, this surgery, this chemotherapy, whatever this care looks like, it is simply beyond their means. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we want to, our main goal is to be there for all of those families, whatever we can do. You know, the, the, we talked about earlier, the need is great. We could help a family every day. We're only, as some families are, we're only limited by financial means ourselves. What's yeah. available to the families to right. grant. Right. So. How, 
how much you're able to raise to then pass on to these families in need. Exactly. Because it's not an unlimited supply, right? It's not an unlimited supply. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming of the days where, yeah. where we don't have to take that into consideration yeah. as an organization as well. Well, it seems like... Um, an important piece of this puzzle that, um, you know, and I'm just so glad to have you on the show to to share your work with our listeners. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys will get some support from this and um, whether it be in the way of volunteers who who want to find a chapter in their state or area and then help them raise money or donate directly. So the website is Frankie's Friends dot org. Correct. And that's um, F.R.A.N.K.I.E.S friends.org and I'm assuming there's a real easy way for somebody to make a donation through the website most definitely right on the website but I'd love that you touched on volunteerism as well Uh, we're only a handful of folks nationwide trying to to do this work and accomplish these goals and we count on our volunteers Mm -hmm. and there's many many ways you can get involved with Frankie's Friends to help so I encourage that and you can sign up to volunteer on our website as well it's great um, so what you have a lot of stories to share. <laughs> so I'd like to share one of them, um, or start with one anyway. Okay. So, uh, tell us, so we're, we're, uh, Virginia's going to share a story of somebody who engaged with Frankie's friends for help paying with, uh, vet expenses that ultimately was able to allow them to keep their dog or their pet. Yes, most definitely. I'd love to share. Um, we had a dog come into the, it was actually in one of the emergency hospitals in Seattle, Blue Pearl up there on in Seattle. The dog's name was Teddy. It's a brand new Great Dane puppy. Uh-huh. This new family had, had just gotten, came very, very sick, rushed him to the hospital, come to find out he had parvovirus. Oh, no. Now, parvo is, is deadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be treated, but it does require an extensive stay in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And those costs were just well beyond the means of the family. The, the owners um, working, waitressing, trying to earn um, enough just to get by themselves. Yeah. So they, uh, their doctor who was treating Teddy reached out to Frankie's friends and said, this is what can we do to help? So we stepped in. The family did pay a percentage of the care. They did what they could. Frankie's friends stepped in and covered the rest. Mm-hmm. And that family then was able to just focus on the care of their dog. We got Teddy taken care of. Teddy is now home. Huge, full-size Great Dane, doing great, living the life it was meant to live. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's because of our donors that we were able to do that for that family. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Teddy would have had to face a much different level of care. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and what, what is somebody's option in that situation? If they can't, if they can't afford the expense and there's just no way to, to get the money, you know, in another way, then their option is to what? Have to euthanize the animal, I would imagine. Yes. That's something that families face in the hospitals every day. That is one of the choices. Mm. Uh, Other choices include possibly relinquishing the animal to a rescue organization. Um, but again, n- none of these choices a family wants to be faced with. Yeah, They want to get their pet back home to their family. So we really want to be there for them mm-hmm. so that they can do that. Mm-hmm. So we're really happy that Teddy is a great case, bounced back, back at home. Yeah, absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that's a great example of where you guys were able to come in pay for the portion of the ex- veterinary expense that the family couldn't afford. So they were they paid what they could. And then you guys came in and 
were able to cover the rest and they were able to keep their pup and now he's happy and healthy and doing well. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's um, and that that's how uh, our program actually works. It's a perfect case example. Um, when folks reach out through the emergency hospitals to Frankie's friends, you know, we do have some guidelines. And part of that is that we do ask the families to be able to pay a portion of the care. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we'll, we'll be there to try to do what we can to help with the rest. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I, I'd love another story. Oh. I like these. These are good stories. <laughs> well, I know this people is called doing the... <laughs> good in the world. <laughs> this is called the dog show, but uh, may I mention the cat? That's okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll make an exception. Yeah. Well, exception. exception. <laughs> well, there's a, we had a, a, a lovely, uh, an, another young animal, uh, family just adopted this lovely kitten named Mac, a uh, single father of three was so excited to bring the first pet home to the family. Uh, when they got the pet home, the kitten named Mac, uh, he had an accident, fell down some stairs, and he broke his leg. Aww. And the family simply could not afford the, the cost of that surgical repair. Mm-hmm. So uh, the hospital reached out to Frankie's friends. Uh, they, we stepped in, were able to to cover that care and uh, get the kitten back home to his family where he's doing great. Mm-hmm. So uh, that family was facing some difficult choices as well. You know, we talk often about the ultimate difficult choice. Well, in this case, Mac, if he didn't have the surgery, he would have lost his leg, yeah. and um, it's great that he that he was able to go home and live life on all four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and those are you know we we keep mentioning the surgeries, but those are some of the, the co- more common cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie's friend sees as far as cases we help. Um, you know, another another beloved pet named Roxy was this wonderful little terrier mix. His mom is on a fixed income, couldn't afford a surgery, needed a surgical repair of his leg. Um, she reached out to us, and we were able to be there to get Roxy home as well. Mm-hmm. So those are some of our most common type cases. So, so you have, um, so frankiesfriends.org is the website. And if you're inspired, you know, in every little bit, I think that's something that I, I feel like, at least personally, in the world right now with all of the natural disasters and the fires and the hurricanes yeah. and the flooding and I mean, you know, and we've donated to various organizations what we can, and it's not as much as I'd like to be able to, but I know that it's something, and that when you get a lot of people who donate $20 or something like that, it it all adds up, and it can really end up being a powerful thing. So, um, you know, don't let a small donation dissuade you from you know, donating at all, thinking that, well, it's not going to make a difference because it really does. It adds up so quickly. And, you know, uh, many years ago, I heard a statistic and I, I love to just throw it back out there because it was, it was surprising to me as well. Um, what I learned is, you know, through many nonprofits, 85% of their contributions come from small individual donations. Mm-hmm. Those $5, those $10, those really add up. And in turn, the, the, the total monies raised could actually save a pet's life. Sure. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of people in the world, you know, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if everybody just donated $5, I mean, you know, you get 100,000 people donating $5, and that's a whole lot of money, right? Most definitely. That would take care of a lot of pets. Yeah, and there's so many people who just wouldn't even know $5. They were missing $5, you know. Um, So frankiesfriends.org is the website. They are um, working in 17 states currently. It was founded in Florida. Yes, founded in Florida. Um, There is a Washington state chapter. 
And there's other ways to support as well. If you, um, you know, if just donating money or if you want to make a donation and then also, you know, volunteer time, that is extremely valuable as well. Um, so you can just get in touch with them through their website. Uh, if you're in Washington State, you can just forward slash WA. So frankiesfriends.org forward slash WA. And then that would get you to Washington State, which is where we're based. But I know we have listeners all over the world. So hopefully you guys will get in and send them some cash so that they can help people pay for vet care that they otherwise wouldn't be able to afford and therefore potentially have to either euthanize their pet or return them to a shelter, which just seems like, my gosh, like they just work to find good homes. And then they're going to end up, you know, taking care of the animal anyway. And what a shame for that loving home to or for the pet to lose that loving home. No, and we talked about this a moment ago. Um, you, you know, those rescue organizations are doing fantastic work finding these great families to get all these pets, even f- pets flown from Washington, from Texas. Yeah. They get them in this great home. Fantastic. What happens when they get home? What yeah. happens when, when the unplanned accident happens? Right. Know, we can't plan for that. Sure. So that's where Frankie's friends, we, we try to be there for those families. Yeah. I mean, it's an, ex- an, an expense consideration anyway to take on an animal because you know that you're going to have... Um, you know, food costs and and regular uh, veterinary costs and stuff like that. But then something happens like the animal breaks a leg or eats something and has an obstruction or, you know, something. So you um, work with exclusively uh, emergency cases and specialist cases. So you're not like uh, somebody... um, can't afford like a routine something or or something that a so will you kind of clarify that yeah as well? I'd like to touch on that because um it is it's in our mission that Frankie's friends we work to provide um, emergency and life saving specialty veterinary care um, so what that looks like is we actually partner with emergency hospitals mm-hmm. to uh, help establish what we call hope funds that these hospitals then can then access for these families. Um, currently, we're, we, in Washington, we work with five emergency hospitals here on the local level. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes hospitals in Kirkland, downtown Seattle, Seattle, Renton, et cetera. But we work exclusively out of the emergency hospitals, get right to your original question. Yeah. Um, we do not cover diagnostics. We do not cover regular veterinary care, dentals, vaccines, any of that type of care. Only emergency and specialty care. Mm-hmm. So and thus we partner with those emergency hospitals to help establish funds that they can access for mm-hmm. that type of care. Yeah. And that seems like those are the situations that really catch people off guard where they're like, I wasn't planning on my kitten who I brought home, you know, a week ago right. breaking his leg. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I exactly. knew I'd have to pay for litter and food, but and, you know, but not that. And it's like, oh, so um and what a what a tough place for the veterinarians to be in as yeah. well to just or or for the staff at these places to just and the person you know and then to have this this I'm sure in a lot of cases very emotional client because what's more heart wrenching yeah. than having something wrong with your pet and then for to for you know for them to not be able to you know have uh, outside of something like Frankie's friends um and and then also the other side of the coin like what an amazing thing i mean i want you guys to be swimming in funds so that people who really qualify and who provide loving homes which as we know is um 
you know, not something to take for granted. There's so many pets and shelters and rescue organizations who need homes who just need a loving home, you know? And so when they have that and then the person has this financial hardship, it's like, ah, that should not be in the way of them being able to keep their animal that they love as family. And that's why um, I love that the Frankie's Friends program for helping are called Hope Funds. Mm -hmm. Um, They give hope. They give hope to the families, but we see we, they give hope to the doctors as well. Our veterinary emergency doctors, well, all the veterinarians across this region, they're there to provide care. They're there to help make a pet better. And they have these amazing skills and these amazing resources. And when they have a client whose pet they can help but are simply limited by what the family can afford, mm-hmm. um, that is incredibly hard on the medical teams as well. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to my veterinarians, we call them hope funds because it gives the veterinarians hope as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, uh, they're so happy when they can call. I have this case. I have this dog. The family just needs a little help. Do yeah. we, are there funds available? Yeah. And it just gives them such joy when we say, yes, um, we've ha- raised enough. We can help that dog. Yeah. Um, I'll do one more case. That's Please. okay. Yeah, There's yeah. a lovely dog named Dakota, a Labrador Retriever. Went bounding out the front door when he shouldn't have, was hit by a car. (gasps) The family, um, you know, the dog has bent the world to them, as most of our dogs mean the world to us, and uh, broke both legs. And um, it was going to be well beyond their means to have that type of surgery to to fix Dakota's legs and get her back home. Uh, Doctors call in the middle of the night, what what can we do to help Dakota? Um, Luckily, we had funds available, so we were able to just cover a majority of Dakota's care, mm-hmm. and Dakota was able to get back home. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hope for families and for the medical teams that want to help these pets. Mm-hmm. That's so. great. So you guys have a um, a case right now who is a, there is a dog who is in need of funds, and um, those funds still need to kind of come in for yes. this. So yes. there's actually, you know, a specific story of an animal that is in need of of help and you guys are working on getting this together and potentially teaming with some of your other chapters to pull this together. But this would be a great way, like right now, um, you know, just go on to frankiesfriends.org and donate what you can. $5, $10, just do it. Skip that Starbucks coffee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, just, a, just a tiny bit. And then like, let's, let's just have that show up, like just easy, just yeah. have it show up. So who's this little dog who needs uh needs help his little dog his name his name is his name is bob um oh and my gosh. yeah 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 so his, his family's been working really hard to uh to raise the funds to cover his surgery and mm-hmm. uh we are working hard to be there to be on the other end of that to cover that care so mm-hmm. um bob's doing fine he's, he's he's in good hands he's 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 comfortable and we're gonna we're working currently to see what we can do to help bob's family and out. this is an orthopedic case it's right? an orthopedic case yeah. those are those I've mentioned them quite a bit in our talk today. They're just incredibly common as far as families needing help because it is uh, a pet that has a good prognosis. Yeah, it, it's we can treat that. We can fix it. <laughs> this is something we yeah. can fix. Broken leg. We can fix it. Yeah, yeah. And it comes down to simply the means. So mm-hmm. we're we're working with a family on that right now to see what we can do to get Bob 
as they say, back on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So those, and, and we, and we, I've mentioned so many cases that are, are directly related to our, you know, the surgical teams. Um, I, I do want to stress, we also have had some amazing cases where the families, um, pets were facing cancer therapy. Mm. And, you know, we talk about a good prognosis, but I do want to stress that part of Frankie's transmission is a good prognosis for a good quality of life for the time they have left. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a, a handful of, of, of cases here in Western Washington where the family, um, their pet just needed that course of chemotherapy to make them have just a little more time with that pet. Mm-hmm. And we did step in to help those cases as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, uh, you know, it's, it's just, there's a breadth of, of ways that uh, we can help those families. And that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I like, what are some other examples of like emergency type? Like I think of like bloat. Yes. Yes. That is, uh, I, I, as I reeled back when you mentioned it, cause that's something we see all too often. Yeah. Um, bloat in dogs, as I know you've touched on, on your program a couple yeah. of times. Um, that is a condition that is definitely a surgical remedy to an emergency situation. Yeah. And that is a, a situation where time is of the essence. Yeah. Um, a true emergency, every sense of the word. The dog needs to be rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, if, of course, if the family is unable to help it cover that care, mm-hmm. uh, they would definitely have to make a much different choice very quickly. Right. Very quickly. Yeah. So. And then um, obstructions. Oh, see quite a few of those. Yeah. I know. So the dog has ingested something that is now causing a blockage. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't mean to laugh. It is a very serious situation. Yeah. I own a healer. Yeah. I've <laughs> who, met her. Yes. Who, who loves to ingest things. Yeah. So it's a something I'm having to keep a very close eye on every yeah. day of our life. But you can't always be watching every second. No, I know. And that is also a situation where you need to see the pet sooner than later. Yeah. A rushing to the emergency hospital, often if we catch it early enough, they don't, it's not a surgical remedy. Um, mm-hmm. It can be remedied through other means. Mm-hmm. But again, getting the pet to the emergency hospital. And if, if, if you're hesitant because of what limitations are for your family, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's makes for a hard choice and changes the level of care. Mm-hmm. So. Well, like I said, I know there, there are a lot of people out there and it doesn't take much to to really have a powerful impact. And this is something that is doing such good in the world and supporting people and their pets, not just to get the health care, but to keep the pet with the family that loves them. I mean, for me, because there's situations where if a family can't afford the veterinary care, they might have to euthanize the animal. Exactly. And then there's other cases where they have to give the, the animal back to the shelter. And then the shelter takes care of the vet care, but then the animal's now homeless again and back in the shelter system and, you know, hoping to get placed with another loving home, which I don't take for granted. I mean, that's the hard work of the rescues and shelters out there trying to place pets and trying to place them in in loving, good homes. And these they found that, but then there's this financial piece that can get in the way if something happens. Yeah, and that's just like, ugh. I mean, terrible. It yeah, it's it's a it's a heartbreaking situation. Each fate choice they're facing. I'd almost rather have to euthanize one of my dogs than um, give you know put them in a re- re- like a shelter or something. Not to say anything bad about shelters, but 
oh my gosh, that would just be terrible. Yeah, the unknown. Like you're just like, oh, I'm right. I, like, I would give you such a loving, amazing uh, home, but yeah. I just, you had this emergency thing and I couldn't pay for all of it. And so now I have to lose you for that? Oh. Boo. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's why I'm so passionate about this cause. I can't imagine yeah. facing that. I, I have, as you do, you know, Julie, you've met my pets. I have many pets. I, they're family to me. Yeah. They're family to me. Sure. I couldn't fathom facing no. that decision and uh well this is a this is an important um type of nonprofit organization covering the vet costs or helping to okay. to pay for what the family can't pay um because for the reasons like we said because pets end up euthanized unnecessarily other just because of money or back in the shelter system just because the family couldn't pay for you know this thousands of dollar surgery to fix the dog's leg or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, I think, a really, really, uh, I mean, there's so many, there's no shortage, but this, you know, among all the other great ones, I really think that this is an important way to support um, families and their pets, but also to, to, to support the shelters yeah. so that they're not taking back in um, you know, and I'd be curious if, if you're able to um, ask, you know, any of the shelters that I because I know a lot of the shelters really love you guys yes. because for that reason, because they, they know that those pets are going to have to come back to them and then they're just doing that work all over again. It's hard enough. The rescue organizations have been incredibly supportive of Frankie's Friends for that reason. They they see us as a unique type of foundation in this region. But of course, as we touched on nationally, um, filling a need. Um, and keeping the pets from coming back to them, yeah, and and uh, that that is something that you know they they would, I would love to get the information on that, yeah. uh, how many pets they have to t- you know take back in because of veterinary care, yeah, uh, something I definitely want to track down for you, yeah, but, I'd be curious, but that's why they so, they're such great supporters of ours, yeah, we've, we've been so lucky to have um, support of Seattle Humane Society, Homeward Pet, all of them have been turning out for our events mm-hmm. and showing their love in any way they can. So, yeah. Um, well, it's been amazing to have you back. And I'm just love the work that you're doing with Frankie's friends. Um, you guys listening out there, let's make this happen for little Bob who needs that surgery. And, um, you know, like I said, it's whatever you can donate, but you know, there's people listening to this show from all over the world and it doesn't take much for it all to add up. So just go to frankiesfriends.org and make a donation however much you can. And if you just can't make a donation, but you're just super inspired, then get in touch and um, volunteer some of your time. Maybe help them raise funds or just do otherwise work for them. And if it's not this, then something else. But something like this is just so important for all of us to work together and support each other and um, just do good in the world. So I hope that this is helpful for you and keep me posted on Bob. I will. I will. This and is incredibly helpful. Thank yeah, you so much for yeah. having me. Thanks for being here today. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with Molly, the fire safety dog. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Whispering Dragon Center in Seattle, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 29th, it's an encore presentation of Best Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen in the studio. Hear Dr. Nels help listeners and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical problems. It was a great show with advice and help for everyone. Enjoy it again or for the first time. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country, but if you live in Western Washington, be sure it's St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's S-T- johncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. And now back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Hey, Frankie. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And I'm back with another guest who I've had on the show years ago, and she's back talking about the wonderful work that she's still doing, keeping kids fire safe. I'm talking with Dana and Molly, the fire safety dog, now. And we had you on before, Dana, with when it was Sparkles, the fire safety dog, and Sparkles has since passed, and Molly is following in her paw prints. Yes, she is. Unfortunately, Sparkles passed away in 2010, and I miss her very dearly, but Mm. like you said, Molly is doing a wonderful job carrying on Sparkles' legacy. Mm. We have um, one of our goats, actually, is named Sparkles. I love that name so much. I do, too. (laughs) How cute. I know. She's really cute, too. Didn't you have a little jingle like uh, Sparkles the... Fire safety, fire safety dog. Yeah, I think we played. Fire safety dog. (laughs) Yes, many parents cursed me. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Well, so it was a very catchy song. Yeah. So, so now there's Molly, the fire safety dog. Yes. And Molly's five. Yes, she is. She is five years old, and she has been helping me 
teach fire safety since she was nine weeks old. Wow. Um, and so let's see. So she never met Sparkles. Unfortunately, she never did meet Sparkles. She did meet Tango, who yep. who was um, Sparkles. Um, Sparkles and Tango were a team there. And then uh, she did meet him and she did learn a few things from Tango that helped her become the fire safety dog she is today. And unfortunately, he passed away. Aww. So it is Molly and she is training a little brother. His name is Bowden and Cute. he is two years old. Uh, carrying on the legacy then, huh? Yes, carrying on the legacy of Sparkles. That's right. So uh, Molly is the mascot for the Keep Kids Fire Safe Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to reducing fire-related deaths and injuries. So how do you reduce fire-related deaths and injuries? Well, Julie, we, we do that several different ways. We, whatever we do, we do um, programs that are edu educationally sound and based on the latest fire safety research. So some of the ways that the foundation reaches children and helps keep them safe is uh, by going to schools. We have traveled all over the country, Molly and myself, uh, teaching fire safety. Uh, so far, she has been to 27 different states, if you can believe that. Wow. Uh, we went to Chicago a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and we just got back from Mississippi. So we travel a lot throughout the year. And then another way that we help uh, help keep kids safe is that we Skype with children. Mm. And basically, that is just um, a way to connect with students that aren't close to us. Uh-huh. And so would you be Skyping like with a classroom of kids or a group of kids? Yes. And actually, today, I actually have my schedule right here. Today, we Skyped with a total of 182 children and 16 adults. Wow. And we Skyped with children from Florida, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Texas today. And do you have any, um, I'm sure you do, stories of, um, uh, you know, kids who were able to make a difference in the outcome of a, of, a, of a house fire or something like that because of what they learned from one of your fire safety dogs? Yes, I do have a story, and it is a story about sparkles. Mm -hmm. And I must share with you that every time I tell this story, even though it has been uh, eight years since this happened, mm -hmm. I still get the tinglys every time yeah. I share the story. So um, Sparkles and I went to a school in Tulsa to do a fire safety program. It was around Thanksgiving in 2008. And we did our typical fire safety presentation, which included, um, I had at that time, I had just written a book. And so I would read part of the book and then share with the children certain key elements about being fire safe. And one of them was having Sparkles demonstrate how to crawl low under smoke. Mm -hmm. So 
um, fast forward to December, or actually it was January of 2009, I received a call from the principal, Miss Davis, and she said, Dana, are you sitting down? And I thought, oh boy, this can't be good because as you may know, January is one of the worst, December, January are a couple of the worst months for fires. And so this particular school being in a high risk area, I thought, well, this isn't going to be good news. And I was just so worried. And I said, yes, I'm sitting down. And she said, two children from two separate families knew what to do when they were involved in actual fire related situations because of what sparkles taught them to do. Mm. And when she said that, I, I just could not, I could not believe what I was hearing. Um, and I, and I shared with her, I said, you know, we, we would really like to come to your school. I would like to meet these students. And also this is a teachable moment for the rest of your school. So, um, Sparkles and I packed up, went to the school, and I found out that one of the girls was five years old, and her name was Angelica. So I had the opportunity to speak with Angelica. I got on my knees to to visit with her, to have this conversation. And I said, well, Angelica, tell me what happened. And she said, well, firefighter Dana, I was under the covers, and the smoke came. And I got out of bed and I crawled low, just like Sparkles taught me to do. And then she said, I looked back and my daddy was standing. And she said, daddy, 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 you have to crawl low, get down and crawl low, just like Sparkles. Well, by this time he was disoriented because he had been standing in the smoke. And for your listeners out there, if you ever are involved in an actual fire related situation, you make sure you want to crawl. Mm -hmm. That's where the air is cleaner and cooler. Mm -hmm. So back to the story. Um, she was able to coax her dad out of the house and the firefighters later shared with me that after, after she got out of the house and the firefighters picked him up at the threshold of the door to take him away, the home totally became engulfed in flames. Mm -hmm. So, so this to me, I, I can't even begin to tell you how I felt about this on the way back to, on the way back to Arkansas from Oklahoma, I called up the principal. I said, Miss Davis, I said, do you realize that sparkles help save that girl's life? And she said, well, yes, Dana, you know, you were here. We did all this stuff today. I said, I said, I know. And I, I said, but do, this girl is going to live to be, to grow up, to be a teenager, to get married, to have a family because of what Sparkles taught her how to do. And I can't even begin to tell you, Julie, how much that, how, how that hit me Mm. and how I realized what I like to call the power of the paw. Mm -hmm. So, um, I decided at that time I wanted to do whatever I could to help keep more children like Angelica fire safe. So I pretty much at that time dedicated my life to doing just Mm. that. Yeah. You're like, okay, validation. Let's, let's go for it. Right. She saved not only her own life, but her father's life as well. Yes. There must be something. So you mentioned you're a firefighter. So, you know, what do you know? Like what inspired you to, you know, teach fire safety while you're a firefighter. So you're, 
you know, in that world, have the expertise and, and you know, um, coming from that perspective. Um, there must be something I imagine um, or that just uh, feels sort of, I mean, because it's applied in so many different contexts, but in this context specifically, that really helps kids get the message when there's a dog showing them versus just an adult telling them. You are exactly right. Uh, there is, I call that when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. There's something between the connection of the children and the dogs. And it's, unless you witness it and you see it, it's hard to imagine. But there is something there that I, every time we do a fire safety presentation and I see the eyes of the children and I see that they're actually getting what we're talking about. Yeah. It just, it just amazes me. I could stand up there and talk about fire safety all day long, but when you integrate an animal to help demonstrate the various um, fire safety measures that they could take, it really does make a difference. And not only do I see that in actual fire safety presentations that we do, like in person and in dog, I see that when we Skype. I see the connection between the children and Molly or even her little brother Bowden. And to me, it is just, it is something that I just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It just, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. Well, and I also imagine too, I mean, one of the biggest things that I've heard about any sort of um, uh, responding in a time of high stress is, is how, you know, panic and fear can get in the way of even remembering what you may have learned somewhere else. And so to have a connection um, to a dog would also, I feel like, provide some sort of level of comfort. Like, oh, there's smoke, and my association with this is this adorable, you know, Dalmatian named Sparkles showing me how to crawl on the floor. And and right. it feels like that connection is probably another way that the dogs are really powerful in in helping you really effectively get the word out in a way that actually where the kids are able to access the information in a moment of my house is on fire, what do I do? Like that it's a, having that mental connection with a dog also, it must be, I feel like it facilitates that. I totally agree. Yes. So it's kind of coming from both ends. Like one, it gets them to pay attention in the first place, you know, in during the class. And then also I think must help them access that information during a crisis. And another thing that it does uh, is that it helps the children. Molly helps encourage the children to go home and make an escape map. Mm. Also to go home and if they don't have a smoke alarm, to ask their grownups to please go out that night and buy a smoke alarm. Mm -hmm. So that is another added benefit to that the children like you said they really relate to her and they want to share with their parents how they can stay safe as well just like molly does Mm -hmm. and your website is keepkidsfiresafe.org yes that's correct that's our website molly is also on facebook she would love to have new friends to follow her adventures she's on facebook under molly the fire safety dog 
And Molly also has an app. We're getting ready to update it a little bit, but if you'd also like to learn more about Molly and some fire safety tips and some of the programs that she does, you can find information on her app as well. That's so cute. She has an app. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The technology these days, huh? It's Um, amazing. Yeah. So what is the connection with Dalmatians and fire departments? Well, Dalmatians have been used in the fire service for a very long time, way back into the 18, late 1800s from what I've been able to find. Mm-hmm. Now, the firefighters would go to fires in what were called steamers, and they would be pulled by horses. So the Dalmatians would run alongside the horses whenever the firefighters were called out to a fire, run alongside the horses and keep all the other dogs away. Because if you can imagine, way back then, the towns were very small and very concentrated. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of people around. There weren't leash laws like we know today. So dogs would be everywhere. So their job was to to lead to lead the way and to get everybody out of the way. And another little known fact, and this is thanks to my vet, I learned this. Whenever the, um, the firefighters would get to the scene, would get to the fire, the Dalmatians have a very special scent that no other dog has. And it's a very calming scent. So I put two and two together and I thought, oh, so that's why they were used at the scene to help keep the horses calm as well. In addition to help keep people from stealing the horses and that sort of thing. But when you think about it, that makes total sense. And it's nothing that I can smell. I can't smell that special smell, but the horses can. Mm. And that's one of the things we talk about, too, when we Skype with children from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And so when you get your your um, dogs who keep keep the Keep Kids Fire Safe Foundation going and help spread the word in the way that they do, um, do I imagine that you, you know, they go through a certain specific type of training that you do so that they learn to, for example, crawl on the floor and would also need to be the, t- the type of dog who would be comfortable going to, you know, every corner of the country like you do travel all over the place. Right. right. Um, In any type of situation, being able to handle uh, large crowds or very small children, um, the, the, the elderly, those that may have physical challenges, mm. She's not trained to be a service dog, but she does many, many of the things that service dogs do do. Mm-hmm. So um, she is a, I think it takes a really special dog to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm just so proud of her and the way that she has been able to, to take this on and to, to help keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. It just, every day I just, I think. I just feel so grateful and so blessed to have such an amazing friend. Mm-hmm. How is she similar to Sparkles and how is she her own dog? That is a good question. And you know, you're the first person to ask that. Uh-huh. How she is similar. 
is that I see a lot of sparkles in her. I see her excitement to go to schools. I see her love for helping make me happy and to, to, to want to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that she is different, Sparkles was rescued from a home with 62 other dogs. Wow. She had a really horrible life. You can imagine the type of life she had. Mm-hmm. So she didn't come with a lot of problems. She was a very happy dog. But she was always fearful, I felt, that I was going to leave her. Mm-hmm. And, and, but Sparkles was also very, very calm. She could handle any situation like a pro. She would just stand there with me. Nothing could upset her. And she truly, truly loved, loved, loved children. Mm. A requirement, I would imagine. An absolute <laughs> requirement. Yeah. Now, requirement yes and I and I wish sparkles was around now because back then we didn't have Skype yeah yeah <laughs> have this wonderful technology we would actually go to the schools and when I think of the number of children that Molly and I have been able to reach over the past few years it is mind-boggling mm. and I wish it that we would have been able to do that with sparkles but you know, unfortunately, it wasn't there, but we just, uh, we carry on. We do the best that we can to reach as many children as we can. Yeah, what would you say? It was like 180-something just today. Yes, we have, today we Skyped, we're all, we have almost Skyped our 400th fire safety program, if you can believe it. I think tomorrow we're going to be hitting that 400. Wow. And if you were to add up all the miles that we have Skype. So let's say we drove, let's pretend that we're getting a spot mobile and we would have driven to all those places that we have Skyped with. It would add up to half a million miles. Oh my gosh. There's no way we could have driven a half a million miles, much less afforded it. It would have taken us to, it would take us 26 years, 24 seven to reach that many children. So we Mm. are very grateful to Skype. We're also very thankful for our corporate partner, State Farm, Mm. who allows us to Skype at no cost to children and other organizations, not only here in the United States, but throughout the world. Oh, that's wonderful. And we're doing this interview via Skype as well. Skype is wonderful. Yay, Skype. (laughs) Yes, go Skype. (laughs) Um, So... Oh, oh, and you have a children's, what is it, coloring book? Yes, Molly has a new color. It's an activity book. Okay. It is free and downloadable on the web. So if you go to the Keep Kids Fire Safe website, which is keepkidsfiresafe.org, mm-hmm. you can click on the picture of Molly up at the uh, up at the top left-hand corner, and that will take you to her coloring, her new coloring book. We have that in English and Spanish, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's free, so you can just print it off and have your have your children color the book and and have all the information right there. We're very very excited about that new book. That's great. And is it available um, for purchase as a book as well, or is it um, exclusively a, a free download? It's a free download. Yeah. Honestly, the cost to print those is so high. So yeah. the cost to print those and to ship them is high. But I do want to mention, I do have 
four books out there, four children's books about sparkles, and those can be found at Amazon on Amazon.com, or you can find those at your bookstore. They would most likely have to order them, but um, one is called Sparkles, the Fire Safety Dog. The other is Sparkles Goes to Boston, and then mm-hmm. there's a Sparkles, the Fire Safety Dog coloring and activity book. Oh, Sparkles has her own books. Why Boston? Yes. I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm curious. Oh yeah, you need to you need to check out the Sparkles Goes to Boston. She visited with <laughs> firefighters from the Southboro Fire Department. Yeah. And made a book around that whole experience. And pretty soon I'm going to be writing a book about Molly because it is time. Yeah. So that is on my to-do list. How fun is that? <laughs> I can see that right now. Sparkles goes to Boston. Look at her with a little hat on. Sparkles the yes, fire so safety dog. That. Yes. Cute. So that's another great way to get this information to kids is through the book. And, you know, I'm assuming it has a lot of that great information about, you know, crawling on the floor and stuff like that. Yes. They are mm-hmm. educationally sound and based on research by Oklahoma State University mm-hmm. Fire Protection Publications fire safety for young children curriculum. So they, they are not only educationally sound, but they are entertaining. And as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's a great way to help keep the children's attention and to learn more about being fire safe. Yeah. So the book title is sparkles. The fire safety dog is one of them. You can just search for that on Amazon and then it'll bring you to uh, her other ones as well. She has a coloring book and, um, Sparkles goes to Boston and, um, you can buy those on Amazon. And then there's also, um, Molly's, uh, free download from your website, which is keepkidsfiresafe.org. That is right. And I'd also like to mention that the first three books that you mentioned, when those are purchased, a portion of the proceeds benefit the Keep Kids Fire Safe Foundation. Cool. So, um, just in the last minute, uh, how can people help you uh, continue the amazing work that you're doing? Honestly, the best thing that they could do is to help keep themselves and their family safe, have a working smoke alarm, have an escape map, practice that with your family, Mm. Uh, share that not only with your immediate family, but with grandparents and friends that may come to visit as far as helping the foundation Please help us share the work of a found of our work across the United States mm-hmm. uh, with your friends. Tell everybody about Molly and please share so we can help share fire safety with everyone out there. And we'd like to thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for having us because you're also helping us not only spread the word about what we do, but helping keep people safe too. So thank you. Mm, my pleasure. And how do the schools like that you Skype with, for example, how do they typically find out about you? Would it be like a parent who would recommend it? Or I'm sure there's lots of different ways. There are different ways. If you're a teacher, you can go to the Skype in the classroom website. Mm-hmm. If you're a uh, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with that site, you can go to our website, which is again, keepkidsfiresafe.org. Mm-hmm. Also, there's information on Molly's Facebook page and on her app. Awesome. <laughs> so you can also contact me, Dana Hilton, at keepkidsfiresafe at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, it's so great to have you back on the show. When we talked with you first, you were with Sparkles, and now you've got Molly. Uh, 
keeping the legacy going and keeping up this wonderful and important work. Uh, again, that website is keepkidsfiresafe.org, and uh, the books are on Amazon as well, Sparkles the Fire Safety Dog. Lovely to have you back, Dana, and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday live at 2. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.